The Youthscape Podcast. Hello and welcome to another exciting edition of the Youthscape Podcast with me, Martin Saunders. And with me, Rachel Gardner. And it's the podcast where we bring to you each week a key voice to speak into the youth ministry community. And then we have little dribbly chats about it as well. And us. Dribbly chats. Dribbly chats. That's what we do. We are old. <laughs> We're both old. Dribbly chats is... I know. You know I feel like that's I meant more sort of too dribble, much. Dribble. Oh, dribbly you chats. Know, actually, once, a few years ago, I, uh, I, did a, I created a game, you'll like this, an innovation thing, for my young people on a Sunday morning where I, I kind of created um, some verses that sounded a little bit kind of like Bible-esque. Oh, yeah. And some verses that definitely are from the Bible. Nice. And I called the game Bible, Bible or Drivel. And they had to work out which is the first was actually from the Bible and which actually was a whole of drivel. And it's amazing. I, I was very kind of Pinteresque, kind of drivelly, and they totally thought the made up ones were the Bible. Didn't we do one on the. Didn't we do Donald Trump or Steve Jobs on the podcast? Oh, we did one. We did do one. Oh, we should do that again. That's great. Yeah. Oh. Or, or you, can, you can do Confucius or Jesus oh, yes. as well. Confucius or Jesus. It's, of, it's so revealing, actually, yeah. isn't it? What you think, where, where stuff comes from. Yeah, and also, you know, how well you know your Bible, Rachel. <laughs> Terrifying. Indeed. I have to say, actually, because I am currently on adoption leave, and um, with a little one settling him into our lives, and when the moment he moved in, I began to download in my brain Tozer and Oswald Chambers. Yeah, you're really into Tozer right now. I am really you into keep, Tozer. Every time you email me, you're literally like, I'm oh, as uh, Tozer said, <laughs> oh, every time. you should play Tozer or Gardner. <laughs> <laughs> but A.W. Tozer and Oswald Chambers, and it makes me giggle because they're both kind of 19th century male theologians who only write to men about men. I mean, I don't know Quite what right. they think about women, but it was they're, they're men of their age. And they're really hardcore. Like their stuff is, you know, if you're struggling with things, obviously you need more obedience to Jesus. I think it's because when when little one first moved in, I was like, oh my goodness, I could, you know, I have no routine anymore and I don't know who I am and I really want to kind of root myself in stuff. But it's hilarious, isn't it, where you go to, to kind of go, get back to who I really am. So a bit of Oswald Chambers and Tozer. A bit of Tozer, so you can sort of yeah. thrash yourself. Yeah. <laughs> With the Bible every day. <laughs> no, I mean it's dripping in love as well, but it's just really anyway. No, I love the idea enough. of I love the idea of a really sort of like really earnest conservative game for youth groups, which is Tozer or Chambers, and you had to work out which nineteenth century uh, commentary voice. <laughs> Male theologian, honestly. It Never was. mind. I need to get um. Some other stuff in my uh, vocabulary. But we anyway, need, we do need a game. We should bring back the game <laughs> we should bring on the Youthscape podcast. But I think we should go much more highbrow. I think we should. The, the Youthscape podcast version of Only Connect. Okay, that would be. I'll give that a little thought with that. Would be producer awesome. Rachel. She would be great. We haven't got producer Rachel today. Uh, yeah, we need to mention that we yeah. are totally unhinged. If if the um, if the sound quality isn't quite there. If the content is horrendous. Yeah, it's all producer Rachel's yeah, fault. Not here. Yeah, she's she, not here. I think she's supporting a young person or some she kind is. of rubbish like that. Yeah. She is supporting a young person. Oh, <laughs> Get your priorities right, Warwick. <laughs> so we are missing her terribly, and hopefully you won't be missing her too much by the end saying, Bring back Warwick. Uh, but um this we're getting we're approaching half term, aren't we? We are. In the autumn term, and I always think that the autumn term for anything, particularly youth work related, is an incredibly intense term, isn't it? It's yes. when you've started your programmes, you're in schools quite a bit, yeah. you've got the new rotors, new people trying out stuff at church. You've taken on a second job. You've taken on a second job. <laughs> All of that. Done. 
So by this point, things are either beginning to work or they're really not, and you're kind mm. of having to reassess it. I know with our church and our wonderful youth worker, it's been a real challenge to get volunteers. Always oh, a real challenge to get volunteers. Mm. So the few volunteers you have are working very, very hard. Yeah. And then, then more excuses start to come in as well yeah. as you go through the term. Dark nights. There are more text yeah. messages at seven o'clock oh, to say, I'm so sorry, yeah. I, my train's been stuck or, mm. or something. Which I, I absolutely believe every yes, time. I know. It just, just seems it's to happen very, more. very frustrating, isn't it? So you're right. And what a great time to talk about retreat. Yes. Because um, the National Youth Ministry Weekend is coming soon around Looking the fast. corner like a meteor heading towards my house. <laughs> family yes and uh, basically uh, it's going to be brilliant and we've got a retreat day which people might not know about so the retreat day is when it's the day before oh, that makes more sense doesn't it it does so the idea is you can come to our early day on friday the 16th of november mm-hmm. um and it is being held at a church very close to the venue in birmingham of the national youth ministry weekend you don't have to be a ticket holder for the weekend to come to the retreat there. Oh, do you know, I did not know that. You did not know that. That's very priceless information. information. Wake up, wake up, all you lovely people that have just zoned out because you haven't got tickets. Yeah, that's right. You come to the retreat. So you could. Um, and it is a day with Mark Scandrett, who we love. Mm. Uh, Mark Scandrett is um, one of the main speakers at the weekend. He's a guy uh, based in San Francisco who has been reimagining spiritual practice mm. For, uh, for the, the emerging generations. Mm. That's probably the sort and of thing he says. quite extreme risk-taking type stuff. Yeah, yeah. He's, I mean, and he does the, he does does the stuff. Like, yeah. he's been doing suit runs in yeah. the, the wrong part of town for 10 mm. years. You know, he is the guy who puts his money where his mouth is. Mm. Um, and he's, he's a really fascinating guy. He walks closely with Jesus. Yeah. And uh, he's got just brilliant insights on um, how to put the Bible into mm. sort of spiritual practice. Um, and so the retreat day is based around uh, the Lord's Prayer and it's about practically outworking the Lord's Prayer in your life. I think it's going to be really, really exciting. Um, but it is a day just for you to invest in yourself and your own relationship with God uh, and to be part of a smaller gathering of about yes. 100 people. Um, and there will be a free book for everybody as well. Oh, there will be. I didn't just, I didn't just add that in. Can you choose what that free book is? You like, can have you get, like, a Barbara a, Cartland novel. I was going to say, is, yeah. like, is it going to be like a collection of like dusty You novels? can have any, <laughs> whatever, basically, we're raiding, we're raiding <laughs> the, uh, the Youthscape Library. No, no. You get a copy of Mark yeah. Scandrett's book, Practicing the Way of Jesus, yeah, which will book. be... It is a brilliant book, yeah. and it will be um, directly connected to the to the content of the day. Do you think there's a sort of person that does well with retreats, and a sort of person that doesn't? Hmm. Interesting. I, I think probably that's a perception. I think we probably think retreats are for a certain group of people who are quiet, spiritual, in a good place with God already. Uh, people that we don't really like. Those, Actually, those yeah. annoying people. I don't want to be with them. Um, <laughs> I want to be some toes when I was watching this. <laughs> toes? Yeah. You're, next year, you could run the, <laughs> I the retreat. The retreat with toes. Have you got any problems? Obedience is the answer. <laughs> you are. Just, yeah, honestly, I'm you, rocking it right you, now. You, I mean, I think that's your next book. Ooh, yeah, Obedience. Obedience yeah. by Rachel yeah. Tozer. <laughs> so, uh, so, yeah. So I don't, no, I don't think. I no, think it's I for think everybody. Right. Yeah. I think if you're an extrovert, you could probably do with a dose of listening to people. Yeah. That's 
position here I myself. I think Mark's an extrovert, though. That's why I quite like him, actually. He is. Yeah, but he yeah, does yeah. very well in those spaces. He speaks to everybody, I think, doesn't he? Do you know something else? Also, there's a special bonus guest oh, at the retreat. Is there? It's a brilliant guy called Mikhail Andreessen, who is coming uh, from, from Denmark. Mikhail is like the Danish version of like a Brit winner. Mm. Um, so, you know, you know, like the, the Brit Awards? Yes. There is one in, in Denmark, which I presume is called the Danes okay. or, or something like that. Yeah. And what is Denmark called in Danish? I, I don't know. Is it relevant? No. So <laughs> thanks for getting me back on track. So, so he, and he won Composer he won of the Year Amazing. twice at the Danish version of the Brits. Anyway, that's, that's just background. He's coming and he's going to play some more reflective worship. So, so it'll be a slightly different worship experience as well. Mm. If you're not used to the sort of Teze style approach it is to more worship. that kind of style. So it's more reflective. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be um, one Danish man and a guitar. I, I have a memory of Mikael though and Ruth as oh, yeah. playing a... What was it he made for playing? I have to tell the story. It, we were absolutely crying with laughter. We had, we? A, um, we had a retreat day for our Youthscape team. and are a bit naughty. Can yeah, I just say we, we are, are quite a naughty. naughty team. Yeah, and Mikhail and, uh, and, and Mark, Mark came and led a retreat there. So we've, we've been it through this. It was amazing, actually. We've experienced this. amazing. You should come because yes. we, we did it and it yes, was amazing. It was really amazing. Um, and Mikhail led worship in it and it is beautiful, mm. reflective. Yeah. But he made the mistake of asking the Ruth class clown, <laughs> the absolute class clown, to play a weird bowl. It was a bowl, wasn't it? it I thought it was she a bowl. To, was it oh, like, a bowl. She had to run her finger around the, the rim funniest. of a bowl. It's and, the it, and it made a noise. Any musicians listening to this will know what this is, presumably. I don't know why it was funny, but it was just, we were absolutely crying with laughter. Yeah, so I don't think we played took it very seriously. <laughs> so please go along. And give him the respect he deserves. Oh, he found it funny as well. It was Unlike good. us. Unlike um, us. So you can book for that at the uh, National Youth Ministry Weekend website, um, which is www.youthscape.co.uk forward slash NYMW. Mm. And I say that about the retreats because I do think there are times that we think, oh, that's not really me. That's not really my spirituality. But I think... It's so important as leaders that we do get ourselves out of a comfort zone and we allow ourselves to experience something different and absolutely I guarantee you'll meet with God and, and stuff yeah. will happen. So yeah, I really want to encourage you, dear friends, if you don't think this is for you, I think it probably is. Yeah. Wonderful. In fact, that's a that's a clever way of putting it. If you've decided this isn't for you, <laughs> surely that means you should book. That's brilliant marketing. It is brilliant. You should be an advertiser. Quite manipulative as well. A little bit, little Sorry, bit manipulative. Didn't mean like that. I just wanted to encourage you. Today's guest. Yes, today's uh, guest. This is an interview that you did, Rachel Gardner, at Soul Survivor. I did this summer with um, Tim Ross. Oh, the wonderful oh, Tim Ross. He is extraordinary. So if you've been to Soul Survivor the yeah. last few years, you'll know who he is, and you're literally thinking, just get to the interview now. Yeah, shut up and just. Press if you've not hold. come across Tim Ross, he is a pastor of an exciting, a growing church mm. in. I don't know, America? It is in America, Some definitely. part of he America. He explains quite well. Some part of America. I was quite ditzy at this He's point. He's got, a, there's a sort of lineage to T.D. Jakes' church. Oh, is there? Which is interesting, oh, he didn't, yeah. He didn't say that. So he, he's described himself in the past as a son of the house. Oh. of T.D. Jakes. So Ooh. there's an interesting link there to one of the most well-known ministers in the whole planet. Mm. 
Um, and uh, but Tim is not anything like T.D. Jakes. They are completely different yeah. people in in every way you could imagine. Um, but uh, if you haven't come across him, he's just a brilliant guy who's passionate oh. about the Bible and, and yeah. about um, youth, uh, youth ministry. Yeah, yeah. So um, so this is just a brilliant interview. And if you haven't, if you want to hear a little snippet of him after this, you need to Google "Who Rules the World Nerds" because he does a really funny version of that. Who rules the world, nerds? It's the Youthscape Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, I am sat with the one and only Tim Ross. You've already started this. I have already started this. This is amazing. I'm ready, Tim. You, you don't, you I'm don't. ready and yes. I can sat down. Yes. <laughs> Tim, you are from Texas. I am originally from Southern California. Okay. Born in Inglewood, which is right next door to Los Angeles. Okay. And I, and, uh, I moved to Texas in 1997. Fantastic. Yeah. Now, I don't really understand the map of America massively. I understand. Are that. we talking vast spaces between? Like, is this like significantly moving from there to there? Yeah, it really is. It's because, like north to south. Because north. this is uh, uh, California's west coast. Yes. As west as you can get. Okay. And then uh, Texas is central. Yeah. So we're talking 2,000 miles oh my at least. I can't get my head around that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah, yeah. And Tim, you're here in the UK. You're speaking at Soul Survivor. Yes. You are a church leader. Yes, I am. We planted a church in September of 2015. That is amazing. Yeah. T- tell us a little bit about your church. So the church is, uh, the title, the title, the name of the church is Embassy City Church. Um, it is one of the most multi-ethnic, multi-generational churches um, in our space, which is really a big deal because... Texas has a, a few indigenous American problems. Mm. Segregation, racism in the South was a very big deal. Mm. And so even to this day, while um, Texas is very, very diverse at ethnic-wise, um, uh, churches are still very much either predominantly black, predominantly white, predominantly Hispanic, mm. predominantly Asian. So uh, the area that we are in, um, about six years ago, was the most racially diverse zip code in the United States of America. Oh, my goodness. Queens, New York was number two. Wow, my goodness. So we didn't think any place in Texas. And the very spot that the Holy Spirit leads (laughs) us to plant this church is in this place of rich diversity. So our church actually reflects that diversity. Everybody's in there. That is incredible. Yeah, and I can just hear like youth workers listening to this just going, oh, that's what we long for. Yeah. Because in the UK, we have like pockets of the, of the UK where there's more of one particular ethnic group. But actually what's exciting about, particularly if you're working in a, in a city setting, is that we are very diverse. Yeah, where, absolutely. where we are in North London, it's very integrated and very diverse. So how, how, so you've planted a church in, in one of the most ethnically diverse areas of, of Texas. But it doesn't automatically mean that because you plant a church there, it will become that. Like, I guess you have to be very intentional. Incredibly How do intentional. How you do that as a leader? So, so I think int- uh, intentionality is incredibly important as it relates to diversity. My quick message on diversity is this. You cannot get cream in your coffee without adding it, and you cannot get chocolate milk without adding chocolate. <laughs> so... That is as simple as it can get. If you want diversity, you have to be intentional about it. And so it's not just praying and hoping that nations will come. Mm -hmm. It's deliberately going, I see that person, I want them here. Mm -hmm. 
and what do we lack and let's go get that let's mm-hmm. pray that in mm-hmm. and when it comes in let's receive it embrace it and put it up where mm-hmm. it can be displayed and people can can mm-hmm. see that we're intentional about this so from praise and worship to our altar ministry to greeters at the front door we are very intentional about making sure that as many faces and reflections of the outside can be seen inside. That is beautiful. Yeah, yeah. And I, there's a the buzz phrase that I guess it's all over the world, isn't it? About intersectional, like where people experience multiple layers of discrimination. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. That sense. I think just thinking about for this podcast about young people particularly. So we we're very aware as youth workers that young people will walk into a church and not often see young people. So thinking about getting young people as the greeters, the welcomers, yeah. yeah. the whole life of church, but also around ethnic and diversity as well, just making sure that actually if we are in an area where it is diverse, making sure we represent that. That's right. Um, absolutely fantastic. I, I would love to talk more about this, but actually I want to chat to you about one thing that you said last night, mm. because I went away and thought, that is gold. I want to mine this man's brain. <laughs> so you talked last night um, to young people about being very visually driven. Like yes. you see things in pictures when we're talking you see that in images yeah and that when you read scripture it's almost like you see that played out i do and it and, and how that translates is you are a fantastic communicator to young people about the word of god Thank so you. you've got a sitting audience here too yeah. of people who day in day out are seeking to bring the word of god to life for young people yeah. like what does that mean for you that you, you see scripture visually and you do something with it talk, yeah. talk us through that process so so um i'll take you back to uh, when I first started reading the Bible. I gave my life to Christ January 14th of 1996. I preached my first sermon five weeks later. Oh, wow. February 25th of 1996. Who okay? asked you to do that? My parents wow. uh, asked me. They, they, had, they pastored a small church of about 50 people for 15 years. That's the church I gave my life to Christ in. So that Sunday, I give my life to Jesus. I've accepted him. And I thought, I should start reading the Bible, right? <laughs> so Monday... I get a King James version of the Bible, Thompson chain reference, (laughs) and I open it up and I start reading from Genesis 1. I'm reading this archaic King James, King's, you know, the Queen's, the King's English, English, and, uh, but I'm getting through it and I get around uh, uh, chapter 6, 7, 8, and we're talking about Noah Mm. and the flood and... The disaster has happened. Waters are starting to recede. He sends out a raven. It doesn't come back. Then he sends out a dove. The dove keeps coming back until he has like a little olive branch in his mouth or something like this. And I'm seeing this. Like like I'm literally like reading the Bible and then like bringing my head up and looking around like, am I, like I'm seeing this. Like I'm not reading it. I'm seeing pictures. And here's the thing, Rachel. I... I instantly knew why the raven didn't come back. The raven's a carnivorous animal, and he's having a buffet. <laughs> there are bloated bodies floating in this oh water, my goodness. animals and humans, and this bird is like, there's no reason for me to go back to this ark, right? Yeah. Dinner is served, wow. breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Wow. Well, the dove has to keep coming back because it's not That's a carnivorous amazing. animal, right? It feeds off life. It doesn't feed off death. And then I'm like... Wow. Wow. I think that raven represents our sinful nature. I don't know where this is coming from. I've been saved maybe three days. I'm going, I think that raven represents uh, our, our sinful nature because our flesh feeds off dead stuff. Like, like Mike uh, said uh, earlier that 
um, sin is something sweet wrapped up, wrapped up in something dead, right? Yeah, yeah. And so that our, our, our sinful nature craves and feeds off dead stuff, but the spirit feeds off life. And I'm going, I think that's awesome. So I go run and share it with my mom. My like, mom, I'm not a preacher or nothing, but yo, this is what I just read. And she goes, yeah, you're preaching next month. <laughs> what a woman. And, I, and I was like, no, what because I, was, I wanted to be a homicide detective. I was in school to be in law enforcement. So I was like, I don't, I'm not a preacher. Mm. I, I just saw this and I just thought it was cool. I just wanted, she was like, yeah, you're going to, mm. <laughs> you're going to preach next month. So I've gone through the whole Bible now and, and all of these pictures are just with me. They're just, you can start talking about pretty much anything mm. from Genesis to Revelation and I can just bring up the scene because mm. I, I, I saw it. I didn't read it. I saw it. Wow. Yeah. Now, I, I guess like we could listen to you and say, well, that's an incredible gift that God's given you, Tim. Yeah. And, and that's great. But actually, everyone's different. Or we could say, interestingly, this is a generation of young people who are more visual oh my goodness. than any other generation. They, they are. They really are. So, so how do you see this working for them? Yeah. I, I, I think there's two ways. Some people, I, I love reading. Mm-hmm. So, so uh, uh, and the, in, the images can come up that way. Other people, when they listen, they see images. While you were talking, everything you talked about in your session, I saw it. Wow. Right? And then you allowing us to see uh, the image of this well becoming free. I mean, water was in the eyes. I was like, oh. <gasps> because... If, if I'm already seeing words, then when you show me a visual, then it's stimulated wow. even more, yeah. right? So I think for, for young people, my encouragement is if, if reading is your bent, read God's word expecting to see something. Mm-hmm. Like, don't go into it like a drone. Oh, I guess I got to read this. It's a chore. Go into it expecting to see something, right? Mm. Um, there's this great um, uh, statement that David makes in Psalm 119. Open thou my eyes, O Lord, that I may behold the wondrous works out of thy law. Mm. There's an expectation that when he goes to read God's word, I want you to show me something. I'll open my eyes. I'm about to go in and read this sacred book. Mm. It's the only book breathing on the planet. It's the only book that's alive. Any book we write, it's dead as soon as it's printed. This is the only book that when you read it, it reads you. Wow. When you look into it, it looks into you, right? When mm-hmm. you open it up, it opens you up. Mm-hmm. So I'm really uh, uh, encouraged and inspired by reading. Other people are more audio driven. And so my encouragement to them is find a translation that you like. You version mm-hmm. has got almost any translation you want on an audio file where you could actually just press play and listen to God's word. Yeah. And if and if that stimulates the creativity and the, the imagination that way, then I encourage people to do that as well. No, no, it's just so rich. So can I tell you one yes, more thing? Okay, come on, so this is good. Passion of the Christ is like right, the like epic Yeah. Mel Gibson. Mel Gibson blockbuster. Yeah. I've never seen it. Why have you never seen it? Because the the image of Jesus being portrayed is dumbed down compared to the image that's in my mind Amazing. with him being on that cross. Wow. There's no, I don't think any Hollywood picture could just do it. No. Could really do the crucifixion justice. Because the crucifixion that I see in scripture has Jesus as a lump of meat mm. pinned to pieces of wood, unrecognizable. Mm by his own family and friends if they don't have that placard over it that says 
king of the Jews. If not. that's not there, they would walk right past his body. I believe he's he's disfigured and unrecognizable for a couple of reasons. Symbolically, it's God's way of saying, I don't know if that's Jesus or Rachel or Tim or Tony or Sarah or Barbara. I just guess I gotta forgive them. I don't know who I don't know who that is. The the other thing is if it's if it's truly the most brutal way to show love and love sacrificially then then why could you squint and be able to mm. pick him out mm. he paid a supreme price mm. and his body showed it oh my goodness yeah this is powerful just listening to i suppose as you're speaking i'm thinking as well <laughs> that one of the challenges for us is, is as youth workers is, is we're handling life and death stuff. And yet we're also working with young people where we also are aware that a lot of the stuff we're handling is a horror element and we don't want to sensationalise. We don't want to just give them a horror track in their lives. And yet we want to help them really grapple with the seriousness of sin. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I was um, preaching this morning and, and one guy came and spoke to me afterwards. He said, I'm, I'm from Cairo. And actually that thing you said about the tax collector beating his chest. Absolutely. Like actually, even if it's your friend that dies, yeah. if you're a Middle Eastern man, you don't beat your chest unless it's actually a really close relative. Like, so Jesus is saying, like, this is so, your sin is so serious. Like, yeah. I've got the man symbolizing that doing the kind of thing that you all know would only happen if something horrendous yeah, happened to you. Yeah. So as, as well as kind of understanding the visual element of it, how do we, when we're working with young people in a culture about apathy and secularism that says there is no God, and if there yeah. is a God, he's a he's nasty piece yeah, of work. Yeah. Like how, what are other things that we do that you do in your church that helps to break that and help kind of people realize? Yeah, so, so there there is, uh, there there is power in community and proximity, right? You can only hate from far away. You can't hate up close, right? Yeah. The closer you get in proximity, the more you have to be open to understanding, right? Mm -hmm. um, the, the biggest glue factor in our church is what we call hug time. I don't, you, you have a little one. So I don't know if you've ever seen um, Trolls, yes, the movie Trolls, yeah, one of my favorite movies, right? Yeah. Well, they have little watches yes. that actually go off when it's time for hugs, yes. right? So, and we don't have like normal meet and greet. Hey, turn around, say hi to your neighbor. We're like, we have like full on two, three minutes of hug time. Hug time. <gasps> go hug church. at least ten people. Oh. We don't shake anybody's hands. We just hug you. And if you're like a supreme introvert like myself and you don't like hugs, you're going to get them anyway. If you stick your hand out, we do a little swim move around it, we come in for the hug. People don't even know they need hugs oh. until after they, they, they receive yeah, them. Yeah. And the body language, uh, non-communicatively, is telling you to open up. Mm. It's telling you that I actually want my heart yeah. close to your yeah. heart, right? Uh, that I embrace you, yeah. that that um, I welcome you, that I receive you. There's so many non-communicative things that yeah. a hug represents. Well, um, handshakes don't do that. Waving doesn't do that. There's something only a hug. Do. So that's a glue factor, mm. right? Um, and an atheist needs that mm. and doesn't know it. An mm. agnostic person needs that and mm. doesn't know it. A, a person that's embittered with God yeah. through a tragedy that they've experienced personally doesn't need that doesn't mm. know that, that they, they need, need that. that until after they get it. And so there's something about the power of community 
that um, can break down walls that words can't break down. Mm -hmm. um, gifts also will do the trick as well. Uh, Proverbs is genius, right? There, there, there's been a, a, I don't mind the spin that the scripture has taken, but um, uh, the, the beauty of the original meaning is, is gold, okay? So uh, a gift will make room for you and bring you before a great man, right? Mm -hmm. And people have used that for the spiritual gift God gives you or a talent that he gives you. If you can sing, it could open mm -hmm. a door for you to be on American Idol <laughs> or, or, you know what I mean, or yeah. European Idol. And then, and then uh, uh, people will go, yay, and then you can say, oh, by the way, I love Jesus. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you, yeah. Right? But, but the, 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 the true meaning of the scripture is a bribe. Wow. A bribe will make room for you and bring you before a gift, good, uh, great men. Give a gift. Mm. Just bless somebody. I don't care. I, I'm conspiring for souls. I'll give you an iPad. I'll give you a hundred dollar gift card. I'll give you. A, I'll give you. A, I'll give you. A, I'll give you an iPhone X. I don't care. Will this help to open up your heart? Will Will this help to break down the cynicism wow. that exists in our society? They want us to take, take, take. Right. Yeah. And and if you do give me something, there's a string attached. Uh -huh. yeah. So what happens when you bless somebody at the grocery store mm -hmm. and just pay for their groceries yeah. and don't it's invite them else. for your to your yeah. church? Yeah. Right. I think one of the things I'm in love with seed time and irrigation as much as I am harvest. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of people that are only in love with the harvest. Mm -hmm. If I don't see souls come in, we blew it. Well, you talked to that person at the bus stop, but did you lead them to Jesus, mm -hmm. right? You, you, you've been in, in uni for year one with your friend, uh, uh, and, but have you brought them to church yet and have, have you told them about Jesus? And it's like, well, that's the harvest. And there's only one Lord of that harvest, and it ain't me. The Holy Spirit's the person that brings people to Jesus, not us. So even when we talk, the Holy Spirit's the one that's going, hey, he's God, mm -hmm. and he's Lord, and God raised him from the dead, right? He's the one that reveals that, not me, not us, right? So for me, a gift can just chip away at the heart and the soul. Cynicism has to disappear. You can have all these different mindsets about what you think about Christians or what you think about whatever your worldview is. And then you have to go, but there was that one guy that paid for mm. my coffee, and that mm. was nice. On a day that I didn't even, mm. I have a great story. I'll try to share it very, very Love quickly. It. Um, there was a guy uh, and a girl who lived across the street from us, and I had asked the Lord, would you give me an opportunity to d display the love of Jesus to my next-door neighbor on my right, left, across in front, and across on this side? So, so God had already given me an opportunity to show his love to them. And then now it was, it was this couple here. So uh, the couple, I go to the couple and I go, hey, um, uh, we love you if you need anything, right? So we're just showing God's love all the time. They know that I'm mm. a pastor. They don't care. They're just right there, right? Yeah. So then the Holy Spirit tells, tells me on this random day, I want you to buy, Josh is his name, a PlayStation wow. console. Wow. And buy these two video games he's been talking about. Because in a, a previous conversation months prior, he uh, had expressed that he would love to have this console. He can't afford it right now, mm. blah, 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 blah. The Holy Spirit tells me on this specific day, buy him that console. And I go, are you serious? He says, buy it and then buy these two video games. And then these two DVDs because it's a Blu-ray player inside. So I get all this stuff, right? I bring it home and I'm, I'm excited. Baby, 
God told me to get Josh this PlayStation. I don't even know what for, but I'm going to give it to him today. Revival! Yeah, yeah. So she's like, okay, right, fine. And so um, uh, as I'm telling her this and, like, you know, blotting out the receipt from the price but making sure he can take it back if he wants something changed, um, he drives up. And this is the middle of the day. It's like 1 o'clock in the afternoon. He drives up in his driveway. So I run outside. I hide it behind my back, and I walk up to him. Hey, man, you doing okay? He's like, yeah. So um, I said, hey, I got you something. He's like, really? I said, yeah. So I hand him this bag. So he looks in the bag and he goes, what is this? Then he, he starts looking and he goes, this is PlayStation 4. He was like, oh, did you, did you buy it? You, you upgraded? You got one? I said, no, this is yours. He instantly yeah. starts crying. Right. Rachel, oh. he starts going, and this is what he starts saying. Why did you do that? Yeah, freaking out. Why did you do that? Why did you do that? And I was like, well, I just felt like, the Holy Spirit told me to do that today. He was like, dude, no, why did you do that? He keeps saying it like mm-hmm. 10 times. While he's asking me this, his wife drives up. Random, middle yeah, of the day. Yeah. She should have been at work. She drives up. And he's crying. And she gets out like, what did you do to my husband? Right? <laughs> yeah. And she's like, well, why are you crying? And she go, he goes, look, look what he bought us. And then she looks at me and goes, why did you do that? And I said, well, I just felt like the Holy Spirit told me to do it. She goes, did you know it was our anniversary today? Oh. Who told you it was our anniversary? Oh, wow, it was her fifth wedding anniversary. Oh, amazing. I said, I didn't know that, but God did, and he loves you. And I think he just wanted you to be reminded of that today. They're both weeping, yeah, crying, big hugs. <laughs> I would love to tell you that that led to salvation. It didn't that day. Mm-hmm. But what did that do to his heart, right? Like mm-hmm. a seed's been planted. Something's been watered. God's going to get the increase at some point. I like chipping away at souls. I love bringing them in, but I also like chipping away at them. <laughs> and so I think in a world full of cynicism, we as believers have the rich opportunity on a daily basis, whether it's a $4 coffee mm. or whether it's a hug, mm. you, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah, being generous. An expression of yeah, kindness. Yeah. Brilliant. It chips away Powerful. at the cynicism. Powerful. Yeah, I yeah. love that. I, we have talked about like everything here, isn't it? I said to you, Tim, we'll just chat and see where it goes. Yeah. This is so rich, so brilliant. But what I'd love to do to sort of end with this, because you've given us great food for thought around being really intentional about diversity and, and going after those young people who we don't see in our church. Yeah. So there's space for you. Come be part of this and lead this with us. We've talked a lot about the generosity of spirit, like just breaking down the barriers and the power of hug. And I just love that. That's such a word for us. What final thing would you like to say to the youth workers listening here, yep. mainly in the UK? We do have folks from the States as well. But what, 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 where's your heart? What's, what's the front of your mind right now when you're thinking about youth yeah. ministry? Um, when I think about youth ministry, which I've been doing now for 22 years, it, the older I get, the the stronger I feel my anointing and call is for wow, it. I don't feel good. like I'm aging out. Hey, I, feel like good. I'm, I feel like I'm oh, aging yes. in. Come right? on, that's it. That's 43 years old, yeah. I'm aging Come into on. this, right? Yeah. Well, I feel like um, the, the, the encouragement that I would give youth workers is that what you are doing is working, right? We're calling them youth workers. Mm-hmm. Well, it's working. <laughs> you may not see the fruit of it. Mm. You may not understand exactly uh, what impact you're having Mm. on that young man or that young woman, but what you're doing is actually working. And my encouragement would be do everything you can not to mess up your opportunity to continue to have these moments in young people's lives. I speak to personal integrity on that. I speak to character development on that. 
don't just work on the giftings God gave you and the work you're doing. Work on you, mm, right? Mm. I love what you said today about grace. It's not something that we can earn. Mm. That's freely given to us. But it's it's better when you're free. Mm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> We've been given grace freely so that we can be free. Yeah. And this all feels better when you're free. So um, I encourage you to have fun in what you're doing, but also um, do that practical work so that you can stay on the yes. field yes. and keep playing with these people yes. so that they can do something great for God. Oh, Tim, beautiful. Thank you so much Thank for you. traveling across the ocean to bless these awesome youth workers and young people at Solid Fiber and for also for this podcast. And Tim, if we want a little bit more of Tim Ross in our lives because you are just phenomenal, can we download your sermons? Do you preach? Have you got yes. a YouTube channel? Yes, yeah, so we, we, um, we have audio right now. Video should be up by the first of next year. Um, uh, all of my socials are Tim at Embassy, T-I-M-A-T-E-M-B-A-S-S-Y. Brilliant. And um, the uh, website is EmbassyCity.com. Mm-hmm. Podcast is Embassy City, uh, iOS, Embassy City, and uh, Android is Embassy City. Fantastic. So you can download That's all the stuff there. Yeah. Tim, bless you. Thank you Thank so you. much. Thank you. This was great. I appreciate you. The Escape Podcast. I knew you would love that last thing where he talks about the older he gets in ministry, the more he's committed to you. Yeah, Tim Ross. Yeah. I mean, that is something, isn't it? So often people go into... I'm going to try and not get into trouble here. So often people <laughs> go beep, beep, into um, uh, leading churches. <laughs> give me a chance. Um, and, and actually, with all the best intentions of keeping that focus on young people, um, inevitably all the other stuff mm. rushes in and you end up having your focus very, very divided. And it's really refreshing to hear someone who's actually... Got going almost going the other way. Mm. Like he's he's getting more uh, convinced of the importance to to commit serious resources and prayer and people to youth ministry. Yeah. So I think that was absolutely. Brilliant. And I think the fact that a senior leader of a large church in the states comes over for a couple of weeks on his own to speak at a youth festival. I mean yeah. that that is quite telling, isn't it? Really, yeah. actually, that he chooses that rather than things he also is in terms of communication I would, I would encourage actually people to, to kind of go and listen to some of his talks online because he is a master of communication yeah, yeah. a phrase that pays and one thing he said in the summer he talked about he opened his bible and said to young people this is the only book that's alive it's breathing mm. and it just has brilliant ways to really to kind of disarm and break the guessing machine and help young people connect differently with what he's talking about it's, it's masterful it really that is. is that is what happens because he reads he always says the same thing. It's almost always mm. the same jokes. He reads long sections of scripture yeah. and he says, I'm going to read a long section of scripture and you're going to deal with it. He always And, and actually that again, yeah. it just disarms, it gets them listening. He does silly voices, that yes. gets them listening. That's okay. Yes. We don't have to make an apology for yes. that. Yeah. It does get them listening. Um, you know, And even the way he gets young people to take notes is brilliant. Yes. The way that he, he talks about, he talks to the nerds. Yes. And he says, there was a line he was using at Soul Survivor this summer about, you know, who are the nerds? Self-identify, right? You're my people. Mm. Everybody else, you're going to end up working for these people. (laughs) That's a brilliant line. And of course, if you're not a nerd at that point, you're like, oh, I don't want to end up working for Trevor. (laughs) Oh no, I better take notes. 
Are you working for Trevor? I'm working for Trevor in every or sense. Or are you Trevor? No, I'm, I'm, I'm... Is there a little bit of Trevor in you? I don't think I am a nerd. Mm, I've got, ner- I've got little nerdy tendencies. Nerdish tendencies. But not, I'm not disciplined enough to if be a nerd. If you were a nerd, you'd probably have better glasses, wouldn't you? <gasps> How? Very dare you, Rachel Susan Gardner. <laughs> Love it. Dear friends, we're going to do some shout-outs to dear people who whether they are nerds or not we don't really care we love them and Jesus loves them so first up Harrow Youth Collective you are awesome do you know what youth workers across Harrow every week on a Thursday afternoon get together pray and go on the streets and uh, just talk with young people about Jesus every Thursday afternoon so they do that together so we love you and hello to you yeah hello to Gemma Dunning Gemma and actually there's an interview coming up with Gemma Dunning in the near future so listen out for that we can't do a shout out on that one no that'd be a bit weird yeah it would be a bit weird and Tim Fawcett, g'day mate, down there is in he Australia. Australian? Is yes, he? he is Australian. You are Australian. Can we do a podcast interview with him? Can Tim? we do a podcast live in Australia? Can we do that? I think I heard him say yes. So yeah. that's great. Uh, will your organisation fly us over in business class? Let's listen to that one as well. I heard a yes. Yes, I heard a yes. <gasps> I heard a yes. Thank you, Tim. Woohoo! Brilliant, we're on our way. So dear friends, whatever today holds, have a good one. This podcast is for you. (laughs) That's terrible as well.